Hello, and welcome to a very exciting special feature on the Tolkien Professor podcast. Today I bring you the recording of another live announcement show that I recently did with my friends at Middle-Earth Network Radio. We're announcing the establishment of the Mythgard Institute, a new center for online courses in Tolkien studies and related fields, which I am founding and opening up this fall in conjunction with the Middle-Earth Network. This is a tremendously exciting moment for Tolkien fans everywhere. I'm going to say this at the end of the program, but I just wanted to say it at the outset to you all, my podcast audience, that you needn't fear that this huge new undertaking, the Mythgard Institute, is going to mean the end of the Tolkien Professor podcast. Indeed, the existence of the Institute will provide me with better resources that will enable me to do even more with the podcast, in addition to my work at the Institute. And now, on to the show. We interrupt the regularly scheduled programming to bring you this special announcement and discussion from the founders of Middle Earth Network. I'm Michael Kaiser, Station Director at Middle Earth Network Radio, and with me is Mark Ostley, who is the Director of Operations. Mark, good evening to you. Good evening, everyone out there. How is everything up there in the north? Uh, Rainy and hot. Okay, good. (laughs) And we also have John D. Bartolo, Director of Marketing and Special Projects. John, are you okay on the East Coast? Good evening. I've got my coffee uh, ready to roll here. It's hot, but uh, I'm comfortable. Well, good. And then over on the left coast, we have Dave Kale, Programming Director for Middle Earth Network Radio. Dave? Right on. Are you uh, firing away on two hours of sleep? I'm good to go. You are recovering from the MythCon. Not yet. That will probably begin later this week. (laughs) Hey, and then, uh, well, before I say last but not least, you do realize, gentlemen, that the last time that we did this, that we got together, was another announcement from our our very esteemed Dr. Corey Olson, president of the MythGuard Institute. Corey, how are you? I am excellent. Excited. (laughs) Yes, definitely. This is is a very exciting time. Well, let's just jump right into it. Yeah, yeah. Now I I've been looking forward to this for a while now, um, and uh, I guess I'll just I'll start off by giving a little bit of the sort of the backstory and the the birth of the idea of the Mythgard Institute because um, it seems on the surface like kind of a crazy idea. Um, like for my summer project this year, I think I will, you know, found a new educational institution. But uh, but really, it's I, I see it as a very natural um, sort of outgrowth of the work that I've been doing on my podcast all along. One of the things that I always have heard from people ever since I started the podcast is, you know, their their you know people's gratitude for being able to study Tolkien uh, in an academic setting. Um, you know, when they haven't had the opportunity, either their current students and their college doesn't offer it, or you know, they have graduated but couldn't get it when they were in college, and uh, and I mean, it's I know it's sad that uh, not 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 as many people, not nearly as many people as would really like to be able to study Tolkien and fantasy literature in an academic setting really get the opportunity. Um, so of course, through my podcast, I've been doing various experiments, you know, kind of slowly creeping in this direction um, by recording my own classes that I did at Washington College, by starting the Silmarillion seminar and beginning that kind of a of, of an interactive sort of classroom-like environment with some of my listeners. So for me, the Mythgard Institute is sort of the final outgrowth of that, where I'm wanting to to take that to the next level and really offer to people the kind of thing that I could tell they really wanted when they've been contacting me about this all along, which is the opportunity really to take courses on their own um, on in in Tolkien studies. And, um, you know, it's it's the, one of the things that I really am excited about with the Mythgard Institute that I see, you know, 
one of my main visions for for the Mythgard Institute is that it become a center for Tolkien studies globally. That you know, through the Mythgard Institute, we can make these kinds of courses, uh, you know, on Tolkien and related literature available to everybody. Um, you know, either people who want to pursue a master's degree. Uh, a master's degree in English with a concentration in Tolkien studies, or whether they want to, uh, you know, to just take some individual courses, you know, they'll have that opportunity. Um, and uh, and also, I mean, I down the road, I would, you know, I have. Uh, you know, big plans to see the Mythgard Institute be, be able to become a really positive force, not only in the lives of, indiv- of individual people who want to study it, but in the world of Tolkien studies and Tolkien scholarship as a whole. I mean, I think I can see us supporting research projects and uh, scholarly journals and, you know, really doing some exciting things. So I think this is uh, this is the beginning of a really exciting time. Great. And, well, and uh, uh, Sorry, I was qu- just going to jump in here uh, real quick. couple things. Uh, uh, let's tell our listeners listeners out there, how they can jump in the chat room here just in case. But we have a chat room uh, up and running on uh, mymiddleearth.com. It's mymiddle-earth.com. And go to the tab that says MME. And in that tab, you'll find a chat room for Tolkien Professor. And you can jump in that chat room. And if you've got any questions that you want answered on the air, we uh, we can field them in there. Yeah, because the the two main things that I would love to accomplish uh, in tonight's session is, you know, first to give people some some background and kind of a, a better understanding of the idea of the institute as a whole. But even more importantly, I want to respond to people's questions. I've already received a lot of questions from people that I hope to be able to address tonight and give people a clearer idea of some things they've been confused about about the institute. But certainly, I am, you know, I, I would love to to answer as many questions as we can. So I encourage you to. Go to my Middle Earth and get in the chat room and uh, and ask your questions and they'll get relayed in. Let's do this as well because we jumped right into it. Let's back up just a couple of steps. And for those who haven't had the chance to see the press releases, let's explain exactly, uh, in layman's terms, what MythGuard is. Okay. Well, the Mythgard Institute is an institute of online education uh, which focuses on literature uh, with a concentration specifically in Tolkien studies and fantasy literature, but also related fields as well. We're developing courses in medieval literature, Renaissance literature, classics, and 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 other uh, aspects of literature, uh, languages as well. We're very excited to do uh, to do some languages and some linguistics. Um, and uh, basically, it's, it's to provide the opportunity for people to register for courses. They have two options. They can either register to take the class for credit and work towards a master's degree. Um, this would be for an MA in English to start with. Or they can just take the classes for fun. They can just audit the classes, uh, come to the class, um, attend the lectures every week. Uh, you, you, know, the, you, you don't have to do the papers. You don't have to do any of the other work. You can just come and enjoy the lectures, do the reading. Um, and you know, there's a greatly reduced price for auditors, um, and you can work towards a Tolkien Studies certificate from the Mythgard Institute. Um, though those courses, if you're auditing, of course, couldn't be used for, for, for college credit towards a degree. But those are the two options that people have, to audit the classes for fun or to take the classes for credit towards a degree. So people are going to actually be able to go back to school wherever they are. These courses are going to be entirely online, so that, you know there is no... There is no uh, there is no geographical uh, location attached to this from wherever you are and on your own time you'd be able to go back to school and uh, and get a master's degree in Tolkien studies so it's pretty cool 
That's very exciting. Now, what are what are uh, uh, to go through the, uh, the the full program? What are the minimum requirements? Uh, you mean uh, in order to enter the program? Yes. Yes. Well, since the courses are going to be offered at the master's degree, really, or at, at the master's level, in order to take the courses for credit, the only real requirement is that you have a bachelor's degree. Um, so a, a bachelor's degree is a prerequisite for taking the courses for credit. But in order to audit the class, there are no prerequisites at all. Anybody uh, can audit the class. And here, you know, that's very much in the same spirit with which I started my podcast. I want to be able to make this kind of thing available for everybody. Um, so anyone can sign up to audit the class, do the reading, attend the lectures, uh, and really enjoy that experience. Wonderful. Now, Mark, where, where were you going with your line of uh, your questioning that well, you started? I was just going to say, and, and we'll keep this conversational because all of us here are integral. I mean, this is a, this is a partnership um, between, I, I guess, Dr. Olson and, and the rest of us that are, are principals or founders on, middle, on the Middle Earth Network, of which uh, Dr. Olson is a, is a part of as well. And so this is, this is a shared vision um, from, I think, all of us is to bring this together under kind of one place where we can use resources and, and you know, just, just bring all this together in one place for everyone. But, but Corey, what, you know, how did this start? I mean, I know a little bit of this story. John and I uh, had been thinking about this, and then we just kind of uh, approached you initially. And, and lo and behold, I think you were thinking about it as well. So Yes, I was. It was uh, definitely one of those things. Uh, you know, when you guys approached me and I was thinking, gosh, so you guys uh, would like to help me out to do exactly the thing that I had been dreaming of doing? <laughs> that, that sounds like a good proposal to me. Um, no, and it's it has been it has been so wonderful to be working with the Middle Earth Network on this. I mean, you guys have, you know, I feel like your vision and my vision is so similar in this and, you know, the kind of opportunities to provide for people and to, um, you know, to be able to give more resources to, you know, to the Tolkien fans out there to, you know, to learn more and to do more and to work better together. And um, and I think you know this has been uh, su- such a wonderful partnership uh, you know between what I've been trying to do and what you guys are doing and I you know it's been uh, it's been really wonderful to get to, to get this going. Uh, well, in I, th- and I think we network. Yeah, and I think we found out very quickly we're all heading down the kind of the same road. So it, it's it's good to have these friendships and these connections on that journey. But yeah, I, yeah. I'm I'm more you know we talk we talked amongst ourselves about the vision. But, you know, if you could articulate that, too, to the audience out there, the, the, the entire vision that we kind of see here. Yeah, you know, I think that this is really exciting. I mean, I, uh, it was funny. When we were designing the website, you know, we were thinking, okay, we need a page to describe, our, to describe the vision of the Institute. And if you go to the website, you'll find there are two vision pages <laughs> because really when I think about it, there are two separate things that I see going on here, two things that I'm equally excited about. And I think they're both happening together in the Mythgard Institute. One is the vision that I already outlined a little bit that is creating this new center, this new global center for Tolkien. Tolkien studies, uh, to be able to support excellent teaching in Tolkien studies, give people the opportunity to take courses with, with world-renowned scholars, um, and also to be able to support research in Tolkien studies and create more resources for people who want to study Tolkien's work seriously. Um, that's sort of one vision uh, for, for the Mythgard Institute. But the other is sort of broader, um, that I think that we are in a moment, a really exciting moment uh, in higher education in America. I think that basically um, my vision for this 
thus far, you know, over the last several decades, you know, online education has been around for a while, but the standard model for online education hasn't really changed much in several decades since it started. That is basically you have pretty much two options. Either you attend, uh, you know, a regular traditional brick and mortar college, you know, where at which you can often get a very good education, but which, you know, is geographically restricted and often very, very expensive. Or you can take courses online, but those are usually very independent. Uh, that is, you just have to kind of work independently under the guidance of a teacher, but there's very little direct contact with a teacher, and you don't get anything like the same kind of educational experience there that you get at a traditional college. And I think that basically we've come far enough in internet technology right now that we really can do a third option. We really can do a third thing, which is to bring the kind of dynamic, interactive education you know, and teaching that you can do at a traditional college and do it over the internet. So it's available for people as conveniently um, and also as inexpensively as online education has traditionally been. So I think that um, this is, I think, you know, a, a moment which... As exciting as this is for Tolkien studies, um, it really transcends Tolkien studies and is going to spread is going to spread beyond that. Um, and I, I, I am really hopeful that we can be working to to give some real opportunities for people. Um, you know, when I think about colleges and sort of how colleges work and what things look like for, you know, sort of the options from a student standpoint, you know, I sort of think there there are three good things that uh, that universities tend to do right there's you know they can possibly offer students courses for very low prices you know you can have low tuition you can have a really good educational experience you know really high quality education and you can also have an institution that treats its people well that pays its faculty and staff really you know compensates them fairly and generously and there are very few colleges in the country. In fact, I'm not sure there's any college in the country that does all three of those things. You can often find two of them in one place, like a college with really good education and, you know, that treats its people well, but those are usually pretty expensive. Yeah. You know, you can find some that are, that, that have low tuition and still give a, give a good education, but usually those kinds of places uh, do not compensate the faculty and the staff very well at all, and people are usually working for uh, very, very small salaries at places like that. I think that, um, and that you know, creates all kinds of problems. Basically, I think that with this new model, we actually can do all three things. We can create a new paradigm in higher education and give people really high-caliber teaching, a really great – not just a good, not just an okay, not just a decent educational experience, but a great educational experience for less money than anybody else charges um, and yet – still be able to, uh, to to compensate the faculty and staff well and fairly and create an environment where they're going to love teaching. And again, and then it's going to go back into the educational experience. I think, I think it's a really exciting moment. And the Mythgard Institute is sort of the first, the first foray into this. You know, this is sort of the first experiment with what I kind of think of as online education 2.0. This is, this is the new version. Mm-hmm. You know, this yeah. is finally the 21st century version. Speaking of faculty, I'm over at uh, mythguard.org right now uh looking around and i'm looking on the uh on the about page about uh about the faculty and uh um you we have listeners right now in denmark we have listeners in the uk we have listeners in australia 
and Canada. How much are they going to have to pay for for uh, uh, for room and board? Is what I'm wondering. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the beauty, isn't it? Isn't it um, zero? And 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 you know, and that's the other thing. I, we, we we have no buildings. You know that that is that is the the game changer, <laughs> sort of financially speaking. This is why we can do the thing that seems so counterintuitive. That is that we can offer our co- we can offer courses that are as you know, as good as courses you can get at other places and yet we can charge a tenth the price that 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 other schools charge that some other schools charge because we have no buildings to maintain uh, you know the 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 only the only cost uh you know really the only major cost uh for our institution is is to to pay our instructors and you know and to pay our teachers well we don't have buildings to 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 pay off we don't have buildings to heat we don't have you know any of this stuff and so it means that it is it is cheaper for all the students. All I have to pay is a very low tuition. Um, I haven't found any tuition for a master's degree that's less than twice the tuition that we're able to charge at the Mythgard Institute because we don't have a physical plant. Um, and that really makes a huge difference. So we've cut out we've cut out the middleman, so to speak. You know, I mean, yeah. we've brought we brought, and this is what's I think amazing about this technology is that we've been you're, we're able to bring education directly to the end user. And and we're able to do that in a quality in a very in a highly interactive setting. Yeah, um, and and that's the and, main and that's thing that the, I, that's yeah. the vision. Yeah, yeah, and that's the main thing that I would emphasize. I mean, the thing that people assume when they hear, "Oh, it's you know online courses," is that you're just going to be logging on and reading something or watching a video and then participating in a discussion board and writing a paper, yeah, which has been the traditional model. And you know, and sometimes that's done very well. I don't want to say it isn't, right. but that's not what people normally think of when they think of attending a college class. Um, and what what people are going to be able to get at the Mythgard Institute is 100% live interactive uh, uh, teaching with people. You're going to get weekly lectures from the primary professor of the class, which is going to be streamed uh, live by video uh, to everybody. And the professor will be taking questions as as, as he goes on speaking. He, I'm speaking myself in the third person here. <laughs> when I'm lecturing this fall, um, I, I'll be taking questions in real time from people listening around the world, and I'll be able to respond to those questions during the live video streaming lecture. Um, so so, you know, it'll be like you're sitting in a lecture hall, except you'll actually, in fact, it'll be more interactive than a big lecture hall, you know, at a brick and mortar university where normally you can't really raise your hand and get your question answered in the middle of class. Um, and then students will also be participating in a small group discussion session, much like the Silmarillion seminar that I've been running, where you get a group of, you know, no more than 25 students in a room having a having a, a an, an audio-based interactive discussion on the subject of the lecture from earlier in the week. We're going to have uh, course preceptors uh, who are going to be running those individual sessions, and the professor will be kind of visiting around each one. Uh, you know, sort of. You know, I, I plan to kind of do uh, do the circuit and visit as many of them as I can. Um, but of course, what that also means by having those separate sessions uh, divided up among different preceptors, we're going to have them. Spread all over, spread all around at different times of day. Now, one of the questions that I've, probably the question I've had most so far um, is from people who know that they are in a very different time zone from mine. Uh, like, for instance, thanks to uh, uh, thanks to 
our Denmark listener who stayed up for this because it's three o'clock in the morning over there. And I know that my European fans are, are often sad that they don't get the chance to hear the Silmarillion seminar live, for instance, because it starts at two 30 in the morning over there. So, I mean, and basically I have a lot of people, especially people in Europe um, have been sort of assuming when they read about the Institute, Oh, that sounds great. But obviously that's not going to be relevant to me because the times, because of the time zone difference, it's not true. I already have a course preceptor for this fall's class lined up who is based in Scotland. So, I mean, I, I you know, and she's going to be leading the discussion group uh, for the, you know, the Greenwich Mean Time-ish based people. Um, you know, so I want, my goal is for everybody in the class to be able to participate in that live discussion section. So you'll have this, this dynamic small group experience, again, like the Silmarillion seminar, which has been so rewarding for all of us who have been involved in that. Um, and then the third session in the week will be another broad session, um, what I call the closing session, which is at, at the end of the week, any kind of residual questions that have emerged from the discussion sessions, anything that the professor wants to come back to and address before we move on to the topic of the following week or the book that we're going to be discussing in the following week. Um, we'll then have another half, half hour to an hour session, again, a live video stream uh, to respond to those things. Um, now, it's possible, of course, since the live, since the primary lecture and the closing session are most likely only going to happen once. Obviously, we're not going to be able to find a time that will fit absolutely everybody's schedule. Um, so there will be some people for whom you know that might be happening late at night or it might be happening while you're at work or something. But all of those uh, those lectures, both the primary lecture and the closing session, will be recorded and archived so that you can you can watch it later on. You can go back and 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 view it again, uh, even if you were able to see it live. Students are going to have access, both auditors and uh, people. People taking the course for the MA credit are going to be able to log on and uh, you know see those lectures or watch again those lectures at any time they want during the course of the semester. Uh, Dr. Olson, John here. Yeah. Uh, I think another great advantage of the Mythgard Institute and the entire vision here, and you were talking about not having a you know a brick and mortar uh, representation here, is the ability to bring in these guest lecturers. Uh, yeah. For, yeah. For people yeah, who might that not. Was the... For people who might not be familiar with uh, who the guest lecturers are, maybe you can discuss some of that. Oh, I mean, this, I am so excited about this. I mean, that's it's, what's, you know, yeah, I'm so excited about that, too, because <laughs> you, you have really outdone yourself. I mean, this is stuff that we've dreamed about, and, and Dr. Olson has just gone out there and taken the bull by the horns. But, yeah, I'll turn it back to you. But I, Oh, I, that, man, yeah. I mean, that's just when amazing. I think about this, you know, I, I've had some conversations with people about this and, you know, who, who have seen that in this fall's course we're going to have guest lectures by, by, by Tom Shippey and Verlin Flieger and Michael Drought. Um, and these three are, I mean, if you're not familiar with, with Tolkien scholarship, these are not only three of the most – I mean, these have to be three of the top five names in all of Tolkien scholarship, just, you know, most, most – uh, most respected uh, scholars in the Tolkien field, but not only that, they're also three of the best and most accomplished teachers. Um, and to you know, to hear them talk is just is just incredible. When I'm talking to people about that, you know, people will say to me like, "Oh, that's amazing! I'm so excited to hear to hear Tom Shippey and Roland Flieger and to get to take a class with all of them." You know, and my response is usually, "Yeah, I know. I'm really excited too. I, too. I can't <laughs> wait for their lectures." Um, this is kind of un- unprecedented in, oh, in yeah, it's, this is world, this is world class. To have it's these all weird. gathered together for this first uh, for this first class, I think is 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 amazing. I mean, this is it, it's literally like the all star team. I mean, I can't yeah. even handle. It. I mean, it's it's uh, and especially you know we're going to start the semester 
by studying Beowulf. The course that we're doing this fall, of course, is called Tolkien in the Epic, and we're going to be looking at um, – you know, it's called The Great Tales, Tolkien in the Epic. And we're going to be looking at some of these traditional heroic stories um, that Tolkien really loved, uh, that is, these, these older stories um, – in particular, Beowulf, the Volsunga Saga, which is which is the the Norse uh, uh, heroic poem of Sigurd, the dragon slayer who kills Fafnir, um, and the whole story of the Volsungs, and uh, and then also the Kalevala, the Finnish, uh, the the sort of traditional Finnish epic, which was reconstructed in the 19th century. Um, Tolkien read and loved all three of these works, and we're going to be so we're going to be reading these, and then we're going to be reading. Tolkien's most sustained and heroic stories, the, the ones that he thought of as the great tales. Um, and uh, that, that, that phrase, by the way, the great tales, is a quotation from, from Sam uh, in the passage in The Two Towers when Sam and Frodo are on the stairs of Kirith and they're reflecting upon their own story and its connection to the old stories, especially the story of Baron and Luthien. Um, you know, Sam says, don't the great tales never end? Uh, and uh, to which the answer is no, of course. Um, so we're going to be looking at, at we're going to be looking at the story of Baron and Luthi, and we're going to be reading the, the 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 heroic poem that Tolkien wrote, didn't quite finish, but wrote of the version of Baron and Luthi. And we're going to be reading the Children of Hurin. We're going to be reading his Sigurd and Gudrun, which is his version of the of the of the story of Sigurd from the Volsunga Saga. Um, and we're going to be reading also selections from the Lord of the Rings. And in this, you know, when I was thinking of doing this class, um, you know, I I approached Tom Shippey and asked if he would. If he could possibly, you know, with my fingers crossed, could he possibly uh, uh, teach a Beowulf class for us? And to my delight, he not only agreed to teach a class for us, but to teach both of our Beowulf classes. He's going to do the entire Beowulf section. And this, I mean, honestly, this is like a, a dream of mine. Um, I, I have respected Tom Shippey so much for so long, uh, not just as a Tolkien scholar, but he is also a, a, an, an extremely accomplished medievalist. He is, he is one of the foremost Anglo-Saxon scholars in the world. Um, and to be able to take a Beowulf class with him i am i am i am so excited uh to hear tom shippey on beowulf he's going to do two sessions on beowulf the first one is going to be and and basically he's going to look at beowulf from two different perspectives because tolkien one of the things that tolkien talked about beowulf a lot was the the way basically the two different ways that you can look at it both as as sort of a fantastic work that is to looking at the monsters and sort of the magical things in it um and the way that the poet is using that that fantastic story but also from the historical perspective and what we can learn about it from history and what we can learn of it you know as sort of a people story and not just uh you know sort of a, a fairy or a monster story um and so he's going to have one class on sort of the the fantastic beowulf and one class on the historical beowulf and it's going to be really cool <laughs> yeah. i think that's i think that's the most amazing thing i mean you're talking you're talking an all-star team here but but where else in the world are you going to go not just for the scholarship not just for the tolkien studies but but it's y- 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 we've assembled just kind of the best of the best here yeah, uh, yeah. that's just amazing i mean it, 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 this is a not just an online education that's you know version 2.0 highly interactive and anything but you're getting contact with with some of the leading scholars in these fields 
Yeah, and that's that. This is what I hope from um, from the you know the, rather this is what I hope for the institute moving forward is that it's going to be a place where we can have the best scholars and teachers in the world come and teach with us, and maybe they'll teach uh, you know like uh, like Professor Shippy Drought and Flieger are doing this semester. Maybe they'll just teach one class one one session here, one or two sessions here or there. Maybe they'll do. Um, uh, a whole course. Um, in fact, I've already been talking with Professor Flieger, um, and she's. Uh, I, I've been talking with her about doing a whole course, and I think that she might do that sometime in the next year. Um, so you'll get not just the two courses, that, the two class sessions that you will get from her this fall, where she's going to be looking at first the Kalevala and then the children of Hurin, and uh, especially the connections that Tolkien has established between the character of Turin Turinbar in the children of Hurin and the character of Kulervo in the Kalevala. Um, not only will you get that from her this semester, but uh, you're going to be able to get the opportunity to take a whole course with Rowan Flieger. And I was just kind of reminded of how of how wonderful that is uh, just this past weekend at MythCon, where we were there with Rowan Flieger and we got to listen to her talk, which was fantastic, and uh, to the to the really uh, the really enthusiastic discussion that she was a part of afterwards. And she is I I find her a remarkable teacher. She is uh, she is she is. A, a, a quite unusual combination of clear and tough and uncompromising in her dealing with the text and her and her reading the text carefully, but yet also being sensitive and kind. She's just a remarkable, remarkable person and scholar. And I have found her books on Tolkien, uh, uh, the splintered light and the interrupted music to be just some of my favorite works of Tolkien scholarship. So I am, I am, I am enormously excited to have her involved in well. And of course, Michael Drought, I've been a fan of Michael Drought's for a while. Uh, listeners of my podcast will be familiar um, with uh, the lecture that he gave at Washington College last spring when I had him into the college and I, I posted that and he came to my Tolkien class. Um, so, you know, and I had a, I, got to record a conversation with him. You see, like when he was on campus, I took advantage of, you know, <laughs> recording as many sessions with him as I could because I, I know what a wonderful teacher he is and what a, and, and what a great scholar. So again, just such a privilege to be able to, to, to work with these people. And I hope to be able to work with them more in, in the future. What other questions have you received from people? Well, one of the one of the biggest questions, and this is a very sensible question, is basically what exactly is the status of the institute right now? I mean, here I'm saying you can take the courses for credit towards a master's degree, and the very sensible question that many people are asking is, a master's degree from whom exactly? Are you guys accredited yet? You know, what's going on? So I wanted to give sort of some of that story and explain where we are because the Mythgard Institute is brand new. This fall is its first course ever. We are we are just opening the doors and starting this from scratch right now. And what that means is we're not yet accredited because the accreditation process is a multi-year process. Um, anyone who has any experience in higher education is familiar with how long and at times painful uh, the process of certification and accreditation can be. It's not a trivial thing. Now, we've already begun that process, and you know we're, we are working steadily away at that. Um, how this is going to work is that in addition to starting the Mythgard Institute, we are also at the same time beginning a, a sister institution, which is a separate university. 
That is, we're going to start Signum University. And the goal of that is to be a broader institution down the road. The Mythgard Institute is always going to be focused on fantasy and Tolkien studies. As I said, it's going to be the sort of teaching and research center um, for, uh, for Tolkien and fantasy literature. Signum University is going to be a, you know, a broader institution, which I hope will develop one day into an institution that's going to be able to bring this kind of new online educational model um, uh, you know, to, to, to a much wider audience for a much broader educational purpose. And Signum University is going to be, it's going to be a regular nonprofit university. And that's, and we are in the process of applying for certification to offer degrees through Signum University. And that process I expect to be completed within a couple years. Um, by, I would expect 2014 at the latest, we will be licensed to award master's degrees. So when I say you can work towards a master's degree, what that means is again, we, we are, we are in the process of certification and will be able to award the degrees. Um, it's going to take a couple years, but, um, if you begin working through the process, it takes 10 courses. It takes the completion of 10 courses to complete the master's degree anyway. Um, so by the time you finish the degree, we should should have a degree to give you. Um, now, some people have asked, can I take courses at Mythgard and transfer them into another institution? And the answer is yes, this is theoretically possible. We're still working on this. As I said, we're still in early days here. And one of the things that we're doing is negotiating some partnerships with other institutions. And I hope to be able to announce uh, a couple things about that soon. But what I would encourage you, if if you are listening and you are in that position, if you are thinking that it might be nice to be able to transfer a course that you take at Mythgard into your institution, contact us and let us know. Um, you can see the uh, the email address is on the is on the website info at mythgard.org, and uh, I encourage you to contact us. Tell us what institution you're dealing with, and we will contact them and see if we can if we can work that out down the road. Once we finish the process. Signum University is going to be a fully certified and fully accredited university. This, the, the accreditation body that we are applying to is the same exact accrediting body that accredits, you know, uh, the, the University of Pennsylvania, uh, Princeton, the University of Maryland, you know, all of the schools in our, in our region. Um, so we're going to have the same, you know, we are, we are, we are applying for the same accreditation that, that those schools have. And when that happens, then we should be able to transfer the courses quite freely. But until that process is done, we need to sort of negotiate that individually. So if you want to do that, contact us and we'll, we will try to make that happen. Um, but that's and usually it's very I, simple. I mean, my, my yeah. experience too is that usually that's very simple. Um, right. If 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 someone out there is in a university and they would like to have the credit from Mythgard transferred, you know it's it's a very easy conversation for you uh, or the staff to have uh, with the people from that university or institution, and, and 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 usually because of the how would you say it high quality of the of the curriculum anyway, um, right. it's very easy. So. Right. Right. Well, I, yeah, so I'm. I think the more important thing is if there's students that want to give that a try. I mean, do it. I mean, we need test right. cases. We're we're not going to know. <laughs> yes. Like we're like, it's going to be much harder for us to go to a university and say, "Hey, you should accept our classes." When there's no students asking for it. But if there's a student who is willing to pick up the ball and run with it, and to keep pushing on it, and to insist that this is you know this is what I want to do, if there's demand for it, it's going to be much easier for it's you know the university i think will be much more inclined 
willing to do it if they actually have students who want to do it rather than just saying just generically we'll do it. So that's correct. Yeah. I, I, so I'm every time I see people ask that question uh, on the Facebook or whatever, like, oh, do you think I could do it for credit? You know, it's sort of like. I just tell them, yes, not yes for sure, but you should try. You know, I mean, you may as yes. well go for it. We're not going to know until people actually try. We, we need to get and that's a great if, that's a great way yeah. for for prospective students to uh, aid in the quest, so to speak, to to yeah. uh, to help the vision of the Mythgard Institute. Exactly. Yes, definitely. I mean, and and, and again, I, I would emphasize the credit for the course doesn't rely on that. We, you know, we hope to be able to do that and we should be able to make that happen. Um, but, you know, I also am basically, you know, we are going to have an in-house degree that we're going right. to be able to offer. So it's not like you have to go looking for a school to transfer courses into. If you want to come and enroll with us and complete a, a master's degree program with us, um, then, you know, again, we are, we are in the process of making it, 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 it really only takes time and a heck of a lot of paperwork between us and, and making that happen. And we're pretty determined about that. So, so that's, that is, that is definitely our plan there as well. Um, the one other thing okay, that I Corey, would want to em- um, sir, go oh, ahead. I'll let you go, but I'm gonna. Bu- I need to bump in soon because I am amassing a huge list of questions from the chat room. Okay, great. Well, then let, let me just uh, say one more thing uh, before I let you a- answer your questions because this is the other biggest, the, the other big question that I have seen, and that ah. is, I want to make sure that people understand the difference between the auditing and the credit options um, because oh, there yeah. seems to be some confusion about that. Again, you, when you enroll for a course, you can do it at one of two levels. That is, and, and it just depends on what you want out of it. If you would like to take the course that could be counted for credit, if you want to work towards an actual master's degree degree or be able to take or you know potentially be able to take that course and transfer it to someone else then you need to enroll in that class at the MA level or rather you need to apply um, there is an application that you fill out within two to three weeks we will get back to you and tell you whether or not you've been accepted into the course and then you can enroll in the class that's to take the course for credit if however you don't really you're not you know, you have no particular need for a degree, or you are worried that you don't have enough time uh, to do this, or maybe you know, maybe you're concerned. Perhaps you've been out of academia. For, you know, you graduated from college 25 years ago, and you're not sure about leaping right back in. You know, to a master's course and writing long papers and everything else. Um, if you are not needing college credit for that, you can just sign up for the class to audit. And what that means is you don't have to write papers. What you get as an auditor is access to the weekly lectures. So, you know, in week one, you will be able to hear Tom Shippey's first lecture on Beowulf. You'll be able to hear Tom Shippey's closing session at the end of the week, and you'll be able to participate in the discussion board of the class. Um, the, the things that students who enroll for credit get that auditors don't get is primarily the small group discussion session. That's for, um, that's for, uh, Again, that that's for the students who enroll for credit. So, so it, auditors don't don't participate in the small group discussions, and they don't write the papers, and they don't receive credit towards a degree. Um, and so, because of that, the auditing uh, tuition is much much less. It's less than a third uh, of the cost of enrolling in the class for credit, which, as I said, is at least is at most half as much as any other. Uh, accredited class that i've seen right um well and so, for the so auditors anyway, I, it comes it, i'm sorry but for the auditing no, no, uh, for those auditing the class it comes down to about 10 bucks a week yeah exactly is um, that right which is which yeah, is incredible right. when you think when you think about being able to listen to a live lecture from tom shippey or michael drought or any of these people it, it just amazes me yeah, how we've been yeah, able to keep no, that cost down so 
Yeah, exactly. And even and the the the, the tuition. So I've been talking about how inexpensive it is, but I haven't actually mentioned the price. Uh, the tuition for the the to enroll in the class at the MA level is five hundred and twenty five dollars. It's one hundred and seventy five dollars a credit. Um, even at other online institutions, usually it's almost five hundred dollars for per credit. Um, so you, you often pay three times as much. I've seen places that are charging eight times as much uh, as that per credit. Um, so it's it's uh, it's. I think it's a pretty cool opportunity. I, I, I'm just – I love to do this. You know, some people when I was first deciding it said, well, you know, that's not smart. What you should do is price it just barely under <laughs> your lowest competitors so that you're making as much as possible. And, you know, what I would say to them is, you no, know, my goal is just to totally change the paradigm. You know, my, my goal is yeah. not to sort of squeeze people as much as I can get away with. You know, my, my point is to say, look, great education <laughs> doesn't have to cost all that much. You know, when no. we don't have buildings, <laughs> you know, we can we – can do the, and and you know and at that really low tuition we are still you know that's still going to be enough to give us the resources to bring in you know the, these 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 you know world class people uh, to be able to teach the courses and and I am really excited about that combination of things Okay, Dave, the, 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 the audit versus credit thing is the thing I want people to understand. Again, anybody can audit. You, there's, there's no requirements. There's no prereqs. Um, and if, you, if, if you're just curious, if you're wondering what's this going to be like, how's it going to work, what am I going to, um, you know, what would be required of me, my, my thing, the thing I would say to you is tr- just try auditing. Sign up to audit the class. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's sort of no downside to that, and you'll get a, you'll get a sense of how it works. And then if you, you know, if, if you feel confident, then you could enroll for credit the next semester. Okay, Dave, go ahead and fire away with questions from people in the chat room. So, so yeah, people are <laughs> – I'll tell you what, uh, just just uh, jumping on that, um, um, Arwen Undamiel in the chat room says, wow, the tuition is cheap even compared to what I'm paying for my undergrad credits. And then <laughs> Fang Ali says, get a master's degree for $5,000. I mean really? So, <laughs> yeah, so I think we yeah, really should yeah. – I keep emphasizing that that this is not a okay. I won't actually say what I was going to say there. This is not an <laughs> this is not a um, uh, an online money making diploma mill scheme where we where we're trying to squeeze people for as much as possible and and just yeah. hand out a worthless degree. This is you, like you said, Corey. This is really like. We're trying to actually change the th- way things really work, right. and if people look and well, see, I, you know, I, I know that the I know like they're they're running into this in the UC the UC system out here in California. You know, they're 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 like they've run into a huge problem where tuition is going up nearly every semester because the you know yes. state funding is in trouble. So they've been talking about online stuff, and they're running into an issue where where they they, they have this fundamental contradiction where they look and say it costs a lot less to do it this way, but we're afraid that if we don't charge enough, people won't value the the degree. And I think we're taking a principled position where we're saying, we don't care. We think that if we offer good classes and and we teach well, then people will come to value the degree. And in the meantime, we're not going to ream people. So, well, I think, no, I, think anyway. I think it's our vision. I think it's our vision too. You know, with John and Corey and the rest of us talking, uh, it's our vision that we make this type of education, this type of learning, accessible for everyone. Yeah, yes. I mean, and my long-term goal, you know, instead of instead of planning to bump up tuition by more than inflation every year, which has been happening across the country for many years, uh, you know, my long-term <laughs> strategies involve finding ways that I can be reducing the tuition as time goes on because I, uh-huh. I actually suspect we might be able to do that. So, so yeah, no, I that that is agree. exactly our goal. 
And I think the other thing too is, you know, um, um, certainly my sort of long-term goal for this is we're not going to continue um, teaching um, uh, what I would consider marginalized subjects that other people won't even teach. That, you know, at first we're going to try to branch out to other other things that are tangentially related, you know, more mainstream literature stuff. But, right. but personally, I know professors of computer science in Los Angeles and in the Bay Area that are just dying to do online education. Um, no, and, uh, and this is my goal for Signum University, you know, that the sister yeah. institution of the Mythgard Institute, Signum University, you know, my plan is within you know, part of my 10-year plan. I would love to see within 10 years Signum University offering a full liberal arts bachelor's degree uh, in subjects across the board. And that's, again, that's like 10. That's not immediate. That's 10 years down the road maybe, uh, hopefully within 10 years. But that's exactly the direction I would want to see it because, again, this is not just about making Tolkien studies more accessible. That's the chief mission of the Mythgard Institute. But what we're, what we're doing here is a part of something, I think, something even bigger and even more exciting mm-hmm. is that. I, you know, I, I would love to be uh, to be part. You know, to be a part of really changing the game um, and uh, and helping people get access to master's degrees and bachelor's degrees um, that are really high quality, and to stop going into crushing debt in order to do it. So, I, I mean, that yes. that's yeah. something that I feel really strongly about having having you know taught for a while and having seen this in myself and my friends and in my students, uh, you know, sort of the burden of college debt that so many people have, I am, I am uh, excited at the opportunity to, uh, uh, to, do, to do something else there. But we should, we should rush on, Dave. You've got some other questions. Yes. I, I, I was saying we got to answer questions and then I took us off track again. Okay. <laughs> so um, people are asking – there's a lot of nuts and bolts questions. Um, the first yes. one is, I already implied to enroll. When can I expect to receive a response? Uh, within a day or two is the answer. Um, I, our, our hope is to turn those around very quickly. Um, we say on the website within two to three weeks, but that's kind of an outside an outside case. Um, I would expect if you have applied already, I, you, you should expect your reply within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. There's questions about, let's see, the requirements for the master's degree. So 10 courses plus a thesis. People are going to have to do a thesis, right? That's right. And this is a master's degree thesis, which would be more not um, for those who are uh, – for those who are used to the British system, in the British system, a master's degree tends to be only a couple courses and a long thesis. Um, this is going to be more in the American model, which is more classes, smaller thesis. Um, so the thesis is not going to be an enormous dissertation project at the end. Um, it's going to be uh, a, a probably something like 30 to 40 pages, which I know might sound like a lot, but uh, thesis-wise, it's really it's really not, not big, and it's going to be an independent project, and you'll be working uh, with a professor on that project. Okay. Um, people asked, uh, let's see, um, uh, grading system for the class. Yes. What is the grading rubric going to be like? Um, I think that's one of the things that, that a lot of people, I think that will be a concern in terms of deciding between taking the class for credit and auditing. I mean, obviously cost too, but, um, right. Yeah. I right. People, there, there's a lot of, uh, and maybe you can address a larger point too. A lot of people are saying, what is the workload going to be like? There's a lot of people that are saying, and you, you've addressed this a little bit, but maybe you can get into the weeds a bit. People yeah, are wondering, no. like, they're wondering out loud that, like, 
it's been a while since I've taken a college course. I haven't read or written that intensely in a long time. You know, like, what is it going to be like? Um, Can you give me more of a feeling so I can try to judge it? And then what's the grading system going to be like? Okay. Um, It's going to be... On the one hand, see, my first impulse is to reassure people. I always do this in my own classes. Oh, it's not that bad. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. And the <laughs> students get in the class and they're like, man, this is really hard. And I'm like, well, yeah, but it's fun, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but uh, these are going to be demanding classes. Um, so, you know, for someone – and this is where I would come back to the advice that I gave before. If you're really uncertain, go ahead and audit for a semester. You know, it's not going to do any harm. You'll get the benefit of being able to go to all the lectures. And, you know, so you'll still get the experience of, 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 of you know, doing the reading and hearing the class. But, um, but you know, you won't have that pressure of, like, suddenly I'm now being graded and I'm not sure I'm out of practice and everything else. Um, if you're worried about that, just, uh, just audit the course to start with and then you'll, you'll, you'll get a better feel for it as we go along. Um, the reading loads and the writing loads are both going to be fairly intense. This is a master's level class. Um, so, you know, you can expect to have, you know, a, a few hundred pages of reading per week and you're going to expect to write. Let's see, the typical class would be usually I would assign one or two short papers earlier on in the semester. In, in some graduate school models, I mean, what I always used to do when I was at Columbia was in every graduate class, we didn't write anything until the end of the semester. And then we wrote a 25 page paper that was due at the very end of the class. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of that model. I like to I like to to, to do some writing and to be giving students feedback as we go along. Um, but still, you're going to be looking at something like two five-page papers as the semester goes on, and then a longer, probably 15 to 20-page paper at the end of the semester. Um, and so that's what you can expect to write. Um, there also, of course, be sort of some more informal aspects like the discussion board that you can be taking part in. Um, but the primary uh, the primary work is going to be in the reading and the writing. Um, and yeah, you know, obviously you'll have the opportunity to uh, to discuss the things that you're thinking about and writing about um, with your fellow students and with your preceptor during your discussion session. You'll be able to. Um, I'm going to be operating regular drop-in office hours by Skype. So um, you know, during the course of the week, in addition to all the regular sessions, I will have advertised times, which I'm going to spread you know to different times of day to be able to get people in different time zones. Um, you know, where I'll just be available if you want to call in, you know, by Skype and talk over your paper or, you know, what you're thinking about, something you're worried about. Um, so, you know, my goal is to be is to be available, available to people who are taking the class for credit. So my hope is that there will be good support for people, um, especially people who are just kind of breaking back into this again. But it is going to be uh, it is going to be a serious amount of work. Some people have said, "Can I take more than one course at a time?" To which my response is, "Well, obviously not this coming semester because we're only starting with one class in the spring. Though we will be offering uh, two courses. Um, I'm still finalizing the details of the second course, which is why the second course isn't announced uh, on the web page yet. But it was easy enough to announce my own course. Um, but." Um, but anyway, so you know, we are going to, starting next semester. We should have two or three or four courses offered every semester. But I would urge uh, that people try the one class at a time first to get a feeling for how much time, because that's also a really individual thing. Depending on how fast you read, depending on how quickly you work when writing papers, um, it's going to be a very different kind of time commitment for different people. Um, 
Mm-hmm. So I think easing into it, audit first if you're concerned, take one course at a time first, you know, before you try anything more, um, and then, and you know, so that you get sort of the, the feel of it. As for the grading, the way the grading is going to work, the papers that you will write will be graded by your course preceptor. That's the teaching assistant who leads the discussion in your session. So that is you will be throughout the semester establishing a relationship with the person who is leading your discussion session every week, and that's the person who's going to be um, – who's going to be grading your papers, and also that person will also be available to you um, for you know for advice and feedback on your papers as well. So you'll have that person also as a resource to help you. And then as the main professor in the course, I'm also going to be looking at a bunch of the papers um, and being in contact with all of the course preceptors, uh, you know, to make sure that we have a you know some unified standards for for grading and things. And that's, so that's sort of the mechanics of how that's going to work. Okay. Yeah. I think people are very curious about that. Um, and a lot of the questions we're getting are things that I think are actually addressed on the website. Um, uh, but I think it's still good to ask them and maybe, um, maybe what we need to do is make a page that is in, you know, like a lot of this information's there, but it's not necessarily clear where to go to find it. So maybe we need a giant, just frequently asked questions. And if, if information's duplicated on different pages, fine, but I think we need an FAQ page so people know they can just go there and answer all their questions. But um, people well, asked about time zones. Funny you said zones. that because we already have one constructed and it will go up within a few days. Great. Um, people want to know about time zone issues. Um, yep. Um, yep. No, that's that. That's the big concern I know. And you know what I would say is you know our goal, our you know our 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 hope is that this is you know, this is going to be available as you know live interactive time for everybody. But of course, we realize you know. Most likely, the primary lecture is only going to be delivered live once, um, and that's just not going to work out the same for pe- the people in Alaska and the people in Germany. So, um, so obviously, it's not going to be able to be – not everyone's going to be able to hear it live, and those people uh, are going to uh, – are probably going to have to to watch the recordings. The lectures aren't necessarily going to be scheduled at the same time every week. That might change in certain ways. We might try to mix that up a little bit to give more people the opportunity. It's funny, you know, one question I've gotten a lot is, you know, can you tell me when they're going to be scheduled so I can plan for it? And my answer is, well, no, I can't because we're planning it around your schedule, not the other way around. Um, when people apply um, or when they enroll to audit, we're asking people, what time zone do you, do you live in? And in your local time zone, what times work best for you so that we can combine all of this data and try to find the times that work best for the most people. And we're going to try to hit those so that we can get live lectures to as many people as possible. But everybody's going to have the opportunity uh, to view the recordings of those as well. And the discussion sections, I am I am adamant. We're going to do absolutely everything that we can to accommodate people's schedules and time zones so that everybody in the world who takes one of our courses can participate, you know, who, again, who takes it for credit, because um, this wouldn't, this you know, the, the auditors wouldn't do this part. But everyone who enrolls for credit is going to be able to take part in a weekly lecture live discussion group that's that's something that i am that i am determined to see happen if it is at all possible 
Right. Okay. I think I, I think so. We're we're running up against our um, stopping point. I, the, people are still joining the chat room and asking questions actively. So if, I think if Great. you're willing to stay on a little bit longer, um, we may. I am. Um, Let me end right, with with one quick thing uh, before we stop this session. All right, let's do that. Take minute. a break, and then uh, and then yep. then we'll go back to questions. Okay, the final thing I wanted to say here before we take a break is one other question that some people have asked, and I suspect even more people are thinking that have actually asked it is, so does this mean that the Tolkien Professor podcast is coming to an end, that the Tolkien Professor podcast, that that era is over and now the Mythgard era is beginning? And the answer is no. I have no intention to stop things that I've been doing with the Tolkien Professor podcast, and I think it will probably be more active than it was before because now... uh, the Tolkien Professor podcast will be one of those uh, Tolkien studies research opportunities that the Mythgard Institute shall now support. Um, so the, there's a, I'm going to follow up the Silmarillion seminar with an entire multi-year Lord of the Rings seminar, um, which is going to be free and available, even more available than the Silmarillion seminar was. So the answer is no. The Tolkien, pod, the Tolkien Professor podcast, the free podcast, shall continue Uninterrupted, and the public takes a collective sigh of relief. <laughs> hey, you know what? This is just a, an amazing conversation that we're having here. We want to remind people that the website to find out more about the Mythgard Institute is Mythgard.org. It's M-Y-T-H-G-A-R-D dot org. And when we come back, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about the name and how we came about uh, uh, that name as well. Um, Dave, where are you taking questions right now? Um, so uh, if you want to ask questions, the way to go about doing that is um, uh, go on to the, our social network, which is mymiddle-earth.com, and go in the Tolkien Professor chat room, which you can reach by logging in and then clicking uh, the tab along the top, mm-e. Click on that, and a drop-down menu will come down, and then you'll see the Tolkien Professor chat room. Click on that, and then go make a login, a username and log in to the chat room. Um, if you want to go directly there, the URL uh, is the um, 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 perhaps unfortunately named mymiddle-earth.com slash test underscore 52.html. We need to make a, <laughs> a, a, a bit.ly URL for that. Uh, yes. And again, friends, you have been listening to uh, Dr. Corey Olson, the president of the Mythgard Institute, Dave Kale, programming director at Middle Earth Network Radio, John D. Bartolo, director of marketing and special projects, Mark Ostley, director of operations, and myself, Michael Kaiser, station director at Middle Earth Network Radio. We're going to take just a, a, a five-minute break, uh, get a cup of water recollect our thoughts get some more of those questions that are coming in so just stay on the line uh stay tuned into middle earth network radio and also i want to throw out the easy url for middle earth network radio because i haven't had the chance to do that before and it's just (laughs) it's my me radio.us and while we're taking a break do us a favor and uh, on your Twitter accounts or your Facebook accounts, uh, invite all of your friends to tune in to Middle Earth Network Radio and uh, invite them to uh, to submit some questions for Dr. Corey Olson regarding the Mythgard Institute. This is exciting times that we're living in. And uh, I think on, on behalf of everybody, we all agree on that. And we are going to sign off for five minutes, friends, and we will be back shortly. Everybody say goodbye. 
Bye. Bye for now. Cheers, I everyone. refuse. We'll see you soon. Okay, good. <laughs> see, see you on the see flip side. Minutes. Yes, okay. Bye-bye. Check the podcast feed for the second part of the show, in which I answer more questions from the chat room and provide more information about taking courses at Mythgard. Thanks for listening, and Godspeed.